We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's called the Garoppolo segment. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. No Steiny today on this Thursday. Larry Kruger sitting in for Steiny, and uh, Cam Inman joins us on uh, all guests appear on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy, and it's always easy, easy to enjoy the uh, thoughts of Cam Inman. Cam been on the beat for more than a, more than a day. Cam, how many years you've been covering the Niners? My first year on the beat was. At Y2K, that was the Y2K uh, crisis I think everybody was anticipating was when Cam was coming aboard. So since since 2000, I, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and there's been no Super Bowl wins. So maybe I am the uh, the curse of this. <laughs> Don't get that going. Ownership. If that go, it starts going around, uh, you know, that that could become a thing. Uh, all right, not a thing. <laughs> let's let's get into the presser from from uh, Shanahan and Lynch. Uh, Shanahan seemed like he would rather be, uh, you know, yeah. facing the uh, you know the electric chair than sitting there. And at some point, at one point, Lynch looks at the group and says, "Hey guys, you know, Kyle's been through a lot, and he's just coached a season, almost like almost apologizing for how curt and short and somewhat I don't know if I won't call it arrogant, but um, you know, kind of some of the answers." that he put out there. What did you think of Shanahan's overall tone on the dais? Well, I didn't think he was as uh, as drained as he looked after the Super Bowl loss because it took him, I think, four days before he composed himself to, to have that, that postseason press conference. Um, I mean, and honestly, it's the same look he had the second Brock Purdy got hurt on Sunday. It was, oh. Are you freaking kidding me? We went all this far, and then for the rug to get pulled out just like that. I mean, I think everybody can understand and sympathize and and see how he's feeling. Um, the sad thing is it's just, it's you know, for the third time in four years, it's like you've come so close. You have such a great team, and you just don't have the Lombardi Trophy to show for it. So, um I think everybody also has to take a step back and say, this coach did one of the most phenomenal coaching jobs in NFL history, considering how many quarterbacks they had to go through. And, and almost at every turn, the offense got better. And, you know, when Garoppolo came back in from Lance, you know, obviously he stepped out of the back of the end zone in Denver. He's saying, oh, no, this is not going to go well. 
And then Jimmy got on track, and and the system started working again. And then Brock comes in, and they're putting up over thirty points a game. And you're going, "Holy smokes, what is going on with this team?" Uh, so I just think people need to keep in mind that this guy's a brilliant play caller, uh, and not only that, he just he relates so well to the players. And so at this point of the season. Win or lose, it's it's exhausting, and it's just you don't get the payoff that you've been that you've been searching for for so darn long. Cam, I agree. Um, I agree, especially with the job that Kyle did with Brock Purdy. He was a big part of that. Nobody can deny that. And I told Steiny this yesterday, Cam, and we had a discussion. I've told Larry, and I kind of want to get your thoughts. I've watched the game again. It's what I like to do, and. Can you break down in your mind, Cam, how you processed Kyle not throwing the flag? Because every time I watched the game again, yeah, they could have lost. But had he thrown the you know challenge flag and you take that touchdown off the board or you just get the ball, who's to say everything's different in that game? Your thoughts on did the booth upstairs, whoever the Niners had upstairs, fail Kyle? You know, what was your take on that whole sequence? I think everybody failed, and it's perfect Monday morning quarterback fodder because it was such a turning point of the game. And you can reflect on it saying it's not too early in a game to burn a timeout or a replay challenge because it's a massive point in the game. This is the opening series. It's a fourth down play. Um, You know, he went into halftime with all three timeouts, so it didn't matter if he burned one, right? Yeah. you know, he said he looked at the the video board and he couldn't he couldn't decide whether uh, it would be enough to overturn it. You, you you can't go off the home team's video board, but you can rely on other people watching it. And sure, there's other people on the Niners staff that are supposed to be in charge to let him know whether to um, challenge that. The NFL is supposed to help out on some of those replays, right? I don't know how this whole NFL rule, replay stuff is going on, but it ain't going great. And then. I, I, to me, you also just got to look at the body language of the players on the field. And Devontae Smith is signaling, hey, hurry it up, because I didn't catch that sucker. And somebody has to see that. And maybe D'Amico Ryans has to see that as a defensive coordinator. It's his defense out there. So a lot of people are at fault. The Eagles did a great job huddling up or getting to the line and getting another playoff so that they couldn't replay it. Um, just as they did a great job on the pass rush that knocked Brock Purdy out. It just it was not the Niners' day from the get-go. No question, and, and now it kind of makes the whole quarterback room um, a very much a question mark. What did you think of Kyle? Kyle seemed very confident that Purdy was only going to be out six months. Um, is that wishful thinking on his part? Do you think he has more information than he shared with us? And how do you see the 49er quarterback room next year? A couple things. Um, they have two two quarterbacks under contract, so those are the two you have to uh, put your full confidence behind, and that's Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, right? Um, and and you can't say that, oh yeah, we're going to go out and go, you know, get Tom Brady to unretire, convince Aaron Rodgers, you know, hey, come over here because they don't have the capital for that, blah blah blah. I, the six month outlook is the best case scenario to get Brock Purdy back. And what's striking, and this is kind of Shanahan hinted at it, is. It's a realistic possibility as long as that UCL ligament is not frayed to the point where you have to do a whole reconstruction. And the glimmering light in all that is traced to Nick Mullins from two years earlier. Was it two years earlier? Two, three years? Yeah, two years ago when Nick had his UCL torn in a December game with the 49ers. 
and he opted for what's called the repair, the internal brace repair. And Nick was throwing within three months, and he was on the Philadelphia Eagles training camp roster six months later after his surgery, and his career is going okay. He's bounced around to, I think, four teams since the Niners, but at each spot there was like an entrenched starter. And the Vikings traded for him before last season, so he spent this whole season as um, Kirk Cousins' backup, and I reached out to Nick in the last couple of days, heard back from him today. Uh, he didn't want to get into detail about that specific surgery or the recovery, but he said, and this is this really ties into why I think the Niners and Brock are looking this path, would be Nick didn't want to waste a year out of football. He, he said he couldn't afford to be out a year. So he, he went for the quicker option, and obviously it's worked for him because he's in the National Football League throwing, throwing passes again uh, confidently. And so he hopes things go as well for Brock as they have for him. Cam, let me ask you this. If it were up to you and I said, you know what, what area of this team needs improvement the most, how would you answer that? The first thing that jumps in my mind when you said that was a defensive line. Um, mm. It's where they you know, stake their claim year after year that we have the best defensive front in football, right? Well, it sure didn't look that way in Philadelphia. Um, all due respect to Nick Bosa because he's he's unique. He's the defensive player of the year, and he's a maniac, not just in the pass rush, just the whole aura that he gives that defense. But everything next to him needs to step it up a notch, especially on the interior, um, especially for a pass rusher opposite him. They, they To me, that unit kind of faded when they, they shouldn't have. And it's not that Jalen Hurts just was ripping them apart. Um, the Eagles offenses kind of seemed to outsmart them, out-physical them. It was, it was staggering. And that's what this team bases itself off of, is having a great defensive front, and that allows your Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw to make plays, who Faga can't get in there. So you got all pros behind them. And then offensively, I mean, they have such a great group of skill position players with McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and Kittle. You can't really get better there. Um, offensive line, I guess you can, but I don't see them addressing it. Not with Trent. If, if Trent Williams retires, then they're in trouble. Um, especially if Mike McGlinchey leaves in free agency, then they're like, holy cow, where'd our tackles go? Then, then offensive tackle becomes number one priority. But I, I, I would assume that Trent Williams comes back. I think McGlinchey's going to test the market and find a much richer payday than the Niners are offering. Um, and then everything on the interior, the Niners committed to redoing that this year, right? And so they had young guys. First-year first starters take over there, and I thought they held their own pretty well. So I don't think that they would commit resources to that position. So I circle back to the defensive front, and that's my final answer. Well, and, and I, I agree. I agree. I mean, the, the Kinlaw, the way he played in this game, yeah. they, they have to find a significant player uh, that can play opposite Armstead inside, and that, that player... That, that investment's going to either be huge in free agency at Deron Payne, or it's got to be a significant draft capital move, you would think, unless they get lucky. What about Chris Kosherik and, and the defensive coordinator position? Josina Anderson is you know, saying that uh, Chris, you know, who's been on the record as saying that he doesn't want to be a coordinator, but that, you know, that he may be up for the Texans DC job, but that he, you know, he went to he's from Texas, he went to Texas Tech. Um, and and what are you hearing about the other guys? You know, with Fangio going back, going to the Dolphins today. Steve Wilkes, the the Panthers interim coach. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And the commander's defensive backfield coach, Chris Harris, who's thought to be a kind of a fast riser uh, in coaching circles. Those are the names we keep hearing. What are you hearing? When Kyle Shanahan yesterday emphasized that he wanted continuity in his scheme, um, it meant that you know he looks to promote from within, and we've seen that with him on the offense and defensive side, whether it's D'Amico taking over for Sala, uh, Bobby Slowick and Chris Forster kind of moving up the chain once Mike McDaniel and Mike LaFleur left. Um, and so you first, I think first and foremost, if you know, Fangio's out of, out of the picture, which he is now, you look to see who on your defensive staff, and Coach Sarek's been just a tremendous assistant coach. He, he, he maximizes those defensive linemen, their versatility, their techniques. He's awesome. But he's a defensive line coach, just as Jim Tom Sula was. Um, and, and that's no knock on Chris, because I think if he really committed to being a coordinator and wants to be a head coach, he'd be, you know, he's got the fire, he's got the respect of players, right? I, I just don't think that the whole coordinator game is in his bag. I don't think he, he wants that. I mean, if he does, great. Um, and Kyle should look into it. Uh, the other guys on the staff are Corey Unlin, secondary coach, who has experience as a D.C. with the Lions. Um, kind of a more of a chill guy, but he, he, you know, he has a lot of respect from the vets that were in the back uh, secondary. And then um, Daniel Bullock, who's a safety coach, and I remember talking to him when we got to talk to those assistants once a year, and I'm like, this guy really could be a defensive coordinator. I just his temperament, uh, how he just I, I like the body language. I like his. I, I just like his style. So I'm like, I think he could be in play. But then yeah, so you look at the outside stuff and say, all right, there's a couple of external candidates. Steve Wilkes obviously I think did really well in Carolina once the Niners got Matt Rule fired um, in October with their big win over them, and then. Um, and then Chris Harris with Washington, another guy to look at. So there's options, but I think like I, wherever Kyle goes, whoever he hires, let's be honest, they're going to get Nick Bosa getting probably paid the highest amount of money by any defender in the NFL. And then you got other stars throughout that defense, and you're probably going to have some other stars coming in. Cam, I'm thinking about uh, Mooney Ward, Lenore. You know, they had some issues, but the leader of that secondary, to me, has been Jimmy Ward. I- I'm just a fan. I like his style. It's nasty. But uh, it was rather odd, you know, his session on IG. And I told Larry this morning, I asked him, is there a chance we've seen his last uh, his last down in a Niner uniform? Absolutely. I mean, you haven't been listening all season. Every time Jimmy Ward spoke to the media every week or every other week, that was the same refrain. You know, he did not want to be moved to Nickelback, that he's a free safety. And then once he started playing well at Nickelback, he's like, look, see, I'm versatile. You should pay me. I'm in my contract here. Jimmy's been around the league long enough to know it is a business, and he's trying to maximize his value. And he's decided that the Niners don't see that value and somebody else is going to pay him as a top Safety in his mind, hopefully, rather than play net, rather than be a nickelback. I, he's a tremendous player. He. Um, I was just going to ask you that, Cam. What did you think of him? But you just said it. Yeah, no. I mean, he's a great player, and I know Niner fans were kind of skeptical at first because he bounced from nickel to corner in the in the bulky era, and then the Niners regime changes and and Shanahan and Sala and. 
D'Amico move him to safety, and, and he kind of thrived back there. He's got the swagger, but he hits really well. I mean, he's great in the box, which made him a good nickelback, right? <clears throat> and he's not afraid to take guys on, and you like that. He just wasn't getting a lot of takeaways. And then this year he got a few. And But, but I'm telling you, the, the whole Instagram Live thing, I'm glad that Jimmy can use that form to vent whatever he wants. It kind of does show that he wanted to get, you know, he wants to move on. But if you listen to him at his locker throughout the season, it was the same thing. The extension would come up. The, the disappointment of not being able to play safety came up. So it wasn't startling to me. Um, it just it, it kind of you know pretty much said, look, I'm going to move on because they don't see my worth. If the Niners do see his worth, extend him, then Jimmy's going to be happy and he's going to play some, some great defense for him. You know, I think it's. I don't. I don't want to say it's dirty, but the highest paid nickel makes nine point eight million. That is that's commensurate with the sixteenth highest paid safety. So safeties make more in free agency than slot corners. The highest paid safety is Derwin James. He's making nineteen point one million. So right. Jimmy's looking at that, saying, "Hey, man, I don't want to be a nickel and get you know basically a re up. I want to. Yeah. I want a ten million dollar raise, and I want you to, or I want a, at least a five million dollar raise. I want you to pay me like a premium well, I mean, safety." The other thing with the other thing with Jimmy is you're dealing with a, what a 30 year old defensive back right now with an injury history. He's not going to get paid that, right? So, no, no, absolutely. I was going to ask you though, who's the priority? Because in my mind, there's six key guys that I'd like to see him sign. Ward's one of them. Mosley, Aziz, Ebukam, Jordan Willis, and Charles Amenehue. Basically, I want to re-sign the the defenders, and I think there's six key guys. And I'm I'm okay letting McGlinchey go and Brunskill, maybe some of the tight ends, maybe even Ridgeway, Flanagan, Fowles. But to me, those six guys are key. Who is the priority? Do you think in their minds? You know, that's kind of hard. I mean, I think the priority is getting Nick Bosa signed. To be honest, that's like that's where you got to commit a lot of your capital, and then. I think they'll take take care of Jake Brendel because they want to keep that center spot solidified. The defensive line guys, like like you said, Omenahu, Ebicom, Willis, I don't know if they've shown enough. And I thought Omenahu was having a pretty darn good year as a versatility. Um, I don't know if that arrest a week ago clouds any of that. Um, I think he's handled himself quite well, the 49er, just in terms of on the field and in the locker room with us. Um, I don't know how they see it. Um, but they seem to like move guys in and out of that defensive line a lot. Um, and, and you know, let, let's. I think the the two best free agents that they have, to be honest, uh, Robbie Gold and Mr. Automatic in the playoffs, and who's been here for six seasons now. And I don't know if that's if he's exhausted that and wants to move on, but he knows he's in a in a good position here, a good team. But they're going to have to pay him as such. And McGlinchey, and McGlinchey was such a um, polarizing, polarizing lightning rod for criticism in his in his seasons here. Thought he had a decent season. The problem is every time Mike messes up in a, in a pass protection, he just gets slaughtered by uh, the fans and everybody for for being terrible. He's not a terrible right tackle. I mean, there's offensive tackles are few and far between in this league that are you know steady every single play. And if you want me to be the McGlinchey defender, I can. But I'm telling you, once that guy hits the market, there's teams going to be coming calling for him, and he's going to make a lot of money. And if the Niners don't pay him, we saw the writing on the wall when they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, right? Or, I mean, excuse me, didn't extend him and just let him play out that fifth-year option. So it's like, okay, well, they're not totally um, going to pay up for Mike. And Mike, um, Mike's very conscious of how the NFL world works, especially financially for offensive tackles that have 
the experience he does on a winning team. Cam, this is kind of revisionist history, but I got to ask you, before Sunday's game and Purdy's injury and the story that he made himself to be, at that juncture, would you have said, you know what, Guru, he's the starter going into next season? I don't care if Trey Lance is healthy or not. And with this injury, are you amazed that we went on this roller coaster with Jimmy, with Trey, Purdy, and now it looks like, and I hope I'm wrong if it's not more than six months, Cam is back in Trey Lance's court. Yeah, it's just, it's like it's like water flowing down the rapids, right? You hit one one rock, you get <laughs> and the water changes and goes to another one, <laughs> and it's just like it's it's how it's flowed ridiculously, right? It's like, oh, okay, well this guy's hurt now, this guy's ready to go. Oh, this guy's hurt, but this guy's ready to go now. So now Trey Lance is going should be healthy in a month, right? And then you're you're going to flow with him. Hopefully, he gets through the summer. And then you get to the season, and hopefully things don't happen. But if they do, then Brock Purdy might be healthy come September. Um, it, it's it's uncanny that the 49ers have had so many injuries, especially at quarterback. I don't think it's traced to a scheme. I don't think it's traced to a certain lineman. Uh, I, I just think it's, I think part of it is Buzzard's luck. Um, I don't think these guys are injury-prone quarterbacks. Um, and it's just, it's amazing when you look at some of the other quarterbacks around the league, like a Tom Brady or, gosh, like Aaron Rodgers, the guys that have been able to sustain themselves and be Ironmen out there. It's just the Niners just darn wish they had that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting it to be um, Trey Lance's show once, uh, once spring workouts start. Um, if, if, unless they kind of left, left the door open to bring in a high-caliber veteran, I, they didn't really do that yesterday, did they? I mean, it's like... Uh, we know Brady's retired. Aaron Rodgers is golfing in Pebble Beach saying he's not going to San Fran, which we all knew that anyhow because of compensation for the Packers and for future for Aaron. Um, and then you kind of like, you can play around and say, look, Kirk Cousins is under contract one more year in Minnesota. They could probably get him out of Minnesota and send Trey Lance back to his native state. But, um, you know, Lance and Purdy have very affordable rookie deals right now. And, and, uh, I guess it, it takes two to make everything go right. So those two are going to be their ones to uh, make the quarterback position go right. It is amazing when you talk about Tom Brady. He went 14 years, 14 years um, <clears throat> before he missed, a, you know, or I should say at the end of his career without missing a game. I mean, that is incredible for an immobile guy. On your way out the door, Kim, um, a lot of fans want to fire Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, I'm just shocked by that because they've been in three of the last four NFC Championship games. Um, you know, being in the locker room this year, talking to the players. I mean, whether it's on the record, off the record, in the corner of the room when nobody's looking, there's so much support for Kyle Shanahan in that room. I never saw a crack in anyone in, in anyone all year. How do you think his job security is with the front with the ownership? Um, you know, obviously Jed's all about that sixth ring, and they haven't been able to get it. How much time do you think Kyle? has to get that thing accomplished i don't think i've seen a coach with um stronger job security in in 20 seasons with the 49ers than i see with kyle shanahan to this day uh, I, I believe ownership firmly is behind him they know how hard it is to get to this level of the playoffs and he's done it in three of the past four years um I mean, we can circle back to this conversation of how Kyle looked so haggard afterwards that he looked exhausted. And that, to me, was almost a little bit more, oh, my gosh, you know, like you talked last year at this time of Sean McVay possibly going out as a Super Bowl champ. Like how much more does Kyle have in him? I mean, how drained is he 
where he doesn't need to take a hiatus. Uh, but he does that for a couple weeks in February. He gets away to Cabo or whatever, recharges his batteries, and, and he indicated that yesterday. He said he'll come back, he'll be fired up, because he knows he has a really good team. If he didn't have, like, some, if, if they had let some of these stars go each season rather than re-up them, I think he, he it, it, like, the franchise could be in peril. But right now, they've taken care of their guys and given them these record-setting deals, market-setting deals at their positions uh, to, to keep this going so that the window for a championship um, could be attained each season for at least the next couple years. And what's remarkable is, yes, he's going into year seven. And he juggled his coaching staff so much over the last couple of years, but they continued to win. And injuries were their downfall. It was their ultimate downfall this year in the NFC Championship game, although I think the Eagles are an outstanding team. Um, I just don't see Kyle Shanahan leaving anywhere anytime soon. Cam, uh, always great to hear from you. All guests appear on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Enjoy the rest of your Thanks. Thursday afternoon, Cam. Always a pleasure, man. Okay, thank you, guys. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.